brilliant to be with you. Two things I want to say at the beginning. I love the sweatshirt. Yeah. <laughs> that was so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always great. Um, is number one, I, I went to uni also in the north of England. Um, well, that's, that's not number one. Number one is, I wish when I'd been at uni, I'd known what you know. Yes. And number two, I wish I'd known people like you when I was at uni. It's just great to be in a room full of students, loving the Lord, worshipping, moving in. Encouragement and exhortation. Great, what happened to you today? What's your name? Kathy. Kathy, brilliant, Kathy. So, thank you for inviting me, guys. Sorry? Show the mic. Yeah, yeah. Excellent, because there's no one here with my dancing moves. <laughs> so, um, my title today is The Master Plan and The Masterpiece. The Master Plan and Masterpiece. And, um, I was listening to um, Radio 4 the other day, <laughs> and they told me that it was quite a growing this morning. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was listening to the radio, and, and, and this guy was on, he was saying, he said, well, he's describing everything that's going on in our nation and in the world at the moment. He said, there's the, there's the housing crisis, there's the social care crisis, there's the economic crisis, there's the cost of living crisis. I mean, you know, so many crises. <laughs> and um, of course, for most people, that is pretty much the, the, the most prominent thing right now, all the, all the crises. Uh, but for us, for you and I, these are also times of amazing opportunities. Amen. Amen. There's a little verse in, uh, in the Old Testament, <coughs> Esther. I don't know how many of you have read the book of Esther. Hands up if you've, if you've heard of the book of Esther, first of all. Hands up if you've heard of the Bible. <laughs> now keep your hands up if you've heard of the book of Esther. Keep your hands up if you've read the book of Esther. And how many of you would remember, there's a verse in the book of Esther where um, Esther is this young Jewish girl and she finds herself uh, in Persia because the, the Jews have been taken captive and, and um, she becomes the queen and her uncle, cousin, guardian, Mordecai, says to her, because, because the Jewish people are literally um, threatened with extinction, and he says, but who knows, um, Esther, that you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Amen. And that little phrase is fantastic, isn't it? For such a time as this. And I, I hope we all feel a little bit of that. You know, this, we don't quite know what's going, we're going on, what's going on but, but we're here, we're together, yeah. and maybe we're here for such a time as this. So um, it's really important at such a time as this that we know, number one, who we are. Yeah. Who we are. Really strong sense of identity as men and women, as believers, as part of this church. That we, that we really know who we are. And secondly, we know why we're here. And that kind of fills us. But I'm sure many of those themes have been throughout the day today. Um, to, to know where we fit in, to know... Um, where the church fits in, to know therefore where the life fits in. And, and I think tonight, just kind of thinking what I would love for tonight, I, I would love you to love the church as much as I do. Yes. <laughs> Good. I would love you to love the church as much as I do. And, um, and nowhere do we kind of discover more succinctly who we are and why we're here than in the book of Ephesians. <laughs> So if you could turn 
scroll literally seven pages if you have one. Excellent. Good to see so many miles around today. Um, Work this on my hobby horse. And the book of Ephesians, which is um, one of the Apostle Paul's uh, later books. Um, probably, probably one of the books he wrote while he was in captivity. And um, the story of the, the church in Ephesus, to whom this book is written, the story of that church is in Acts chapter 19 and to 20. It's an amazing story. Literally, this church began with 12 people, 12 men. Uh, and they weren't really clear on their foundations. They'd been baptised into John's baptism, and Paul came along and corrected some of those foundational things, laid his hands on them, they were baptised in the Spirit. Good. <laughs> began to speak in tongues. And, and from that small beginning, 12 men, Acts 19, the, this church grew to be, who knows how many, but um, it's probably the church that the Apostle Paul spent the longest time in, about three years. It's the church that we know most about in all of the New Testament. And, and what I love about this book of Ephesians is that if you take the 10th verse of each of the six chapters, you get a really good overview of who we are and why we're here. I'm not saying it's deliberately designed that way or the verse numbers are put in to make it that way. But it's just brilliant. The 10th verse of each chapter, and I just thought, that helps me remember things as well. So we're going to look at those the, those six um, those six tens and say something about the master plan and the masterpiece. And I trust this will just lift and elevate and um, enable our, our concepts, our beliefs, our convictions to just grow a bit. So Lord, we thank you for the scriptures. We thank you for the word of God which is living and active. And I pray that tonight your word will come and fill our hearts, cause fires to rise, cause, cause the word and the spirit to work together tonight to really do something in our lives. Yes, Lord, I, I, I want to agree with Harry that tonight you will change our lives. Amen. Amen. Something transformational will happen amongst us. Amen. Amen. So here we go. Um, of course... The book of Ephesians is like is like a huge a huge menu of amazing foods, <laughs> and, and these six verses are like a taster menu. Okay, you're going to get a little, a little morsel, and I trust you will want to um, eat some more. Um, I'm going to cheat a little bit because I'm going to read a couple of n- number tens, uh, sorry number nines, and maybe some number eights and some number elevens here. Though. But essentially, it will be it will be number ten. So Ephesians one verse ten. Or verses 9 and 10, just to give it a little bit of context. It says, He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he planned in him, in Christ, for the administration of the days of fulfillment, to bring everything together in the Messiah, both things in heaven and things on earth in him. Well, I think the NIV what, what, what do you mainly read? NIV, NLT? ESV? Anybody else got Holman? Christian Standard Bible? <laughs> Come on! Come on, guys! This is the way to go. So what's he, what's he read? NIV? Yeah, okay. So he probably says something like this. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment. I mean, this sounds pretty big. 
when the times reach their fulfilment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. I grew up in a, I say a little parish church, in rural Leicestershire, centre of the country. <laughs> and um, I grew up in that church, and I, I, um, as far as I remember, I, I went there every week with my parents, with, with my sisters, and I grew up with no real grasp of the nature or mission of the church. I knew my life counted, uh, even as quite a young boy, certainly as a teenager, I had some kind of sense of destiny, I believed my life was for purpose, I knew it involved God, but I had no more detail. I tried to get saved, when I went to uni in, in, um, in the north of England, I tried to get saved three times. <laughs> Went, went forward in different meetings, responded to different people. I knew I needed something. And then at uh, age 24, Deborah and I were dating by, well, long dating by this time. We had a five-year romance. I finished my third year at uni. She then did a four-year course. We were, I was out of the country for five years, very patient. And, and then we got saved pretty much at the same time. And I was born again. And I was baptized with the Holy Spirit, and my eyes were opened. And I began to see things that have gripped me ever since. And I saw firstly, and I'll say firstly because this is in chapter one. I don't know whether this is the first thing I saw, but, but I saw firstly that God has a will, God has a plan, God has a purpose. Amen. I, I, I mean, it sounds, perhaps it sounds weird to you. I just grew up not realising there was any grand plan. For all I know, the, the world might have ended through some nuclear bomb or some asteroid or something. I just, I had no concept that God had a purpose. And then, um, and then my eyes were opened and I saw that he does. And I began to see that it's this, that he's going to unite everything in Christ. God is going to restore everything under Christ. God is going to, God is reversing all the effects of the fall. God's restoring. And he's doing it all in and under, whatever that means, Christ. Christ is the head. And it's a vast and grand and magnificent plan. And I want to say to you guys, if you will allow this and the other things I'm saying to become your obsession, it will serve you well. Amen. You'll be fruitful. You'll be fulfilled. If you let these things, that you've been talking about this weekend, and I'm sharing with you, if you let these things become your obsession, you will never regret it. Kathy, just Kathy's name. I've got the name right now. <laughs> uh, I know you're not the only one, I'm just using you because you were brave enough to come and give that testimony. What God wants to do in your life. If you let him grip you, take hold of you, form your concepts, give him your life. I don't mean as in getting saved, but give him your whole life. As in his plan for your life. If we will all do that, what an impact we'll have in our, in our places. That's good. You know, um, this is God's universe. This is Christ's inheritance. This is his Master plan. That's right. 
history is heading somewhere. Please jettison all ideas of, of chance or fate or coincidence. God is ruling and reigning. Everything was made. Colossians chapter 1 is brilliant, isn't it? Everything was made by Christ and for Christ. He's the center of it all. And a thief may be stealing and killing and lying. And an illegal squatter may be acting as if it's his world. He may be attacking people's identities, acting uh, to confuse kids, playing on people's fears, but he has been totally defeated. Amen. And God is restoring all things in and by and under and for Christ. Amen. Listen to those verses, chapter 1, verse 10, and the next couple from the message. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet Earth, and it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Friends, you will will never know why you're here or who you are outside of Christ. It's in him. That's right. So that's, that's the first thing, and, and, and these, these kind of all build one upon the other. But the first thing is he has a plan, and it's to unite and restore everything in Christ. All the, there's another bit in, in, in the message translation where it talks about all the dislocated bits of the universe, all coming back together in Christ. I wish I'd known that years ago. The second thing, um, the second chapter, chapter 2 and verse 10, Oh my, this is good. Um, so we'll read, we'll read this from a few different translations, actually. Ephesians 2, verse 10. We are his creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. We are his creation, this version says. What other words do you have there? We are his handiwork. handiwork. That's another of the translations. Anybody have anything else? Oh, hello. Uh, That's a great word. We're his masterpiece. The word that's used here, um, I won't try and pronounce it accurately because only Harry will know whether I get this right or wrong, but it's um, poema. That's right. right. Um, You did Greek, didn't you? Harry's studied Greek, so you would know all about this. The word is poema, and and it means something created or made or constructed and it's the word from is the word from which we get poem. We're his poem. We're his handiwork. We're his creation. Or if I could use this one particularly, we're his masterpiece. I often tell this story when I think about this verse because um, Deborah and I um, years ago we went to um, Zambia, where the Victoria Falls are. Has anybody been to Victoria Falls? Okay. It's just amazing. It's, it's like a mile long, 100 metres deep, and if you could just bottle the noise, the sound of these millions of gallons of water falling 100 metres and a mile wide, and the, the total circular rainbows that you see, 
And, um, and we went there, we'd been looking forward to this. David Livingstone dis discovered it, and the first white man to discover it. And, um, and um, we'd been looking forward to saying, when we got there, we were just literally in tears. It was so overwhelming. We just didn't speak to each other. It was, it's like, I can't believe how incredible this is. And uh, it, it's one of the things that God made. Yeah. One, of the main, one of the many great things made. But you know what his masterpiece was? The church. Yeah. Uh, an, an artist, a creator. If you talk about their masterpiece, it, it's, the, it's, the, it's the piece that is their best ever, isn't it? Amen. And the, God's masterpiece isn't Victoria's Falls, as brilliant as that is. It's not all those stars he fly out into space. It's the church. Yeah, right. yes, God's masterpiece is the church. Yeah. You and I. Yeah. The most beautiful, incredible thing he's ever created yeah. is represented here in this room. Amen. How amazing is that? It, it kind of it, it makes me, we must never speak down about the church. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's really good. think. Cynical thoughts about the church. Mustn't get, mustn't get bored with the church. The church is amazing. Amen. The on. church is fantastic. Yes. The church is his body. Come on. Yes. You know, the, all, all these little analogies, these um, metaphors I'm about to use, are also in the book of Ephesians. The church is his body, Ephesians tells us. And, and, and you know, we know elsewhere that that means that every part of the body has somewhere to fit. Yes. It's great watching the musicians. I love the. Um, oh. home, and I like the. Uh, it's going on at the same time. It's brilliant. Thank you. No, who was it? Ah, oh, sorry. Okay, it was brilliant. Anyway, um, and you know, you all had your part, but in the church as a whole, we all have a part. There isn't a loose joint in the church, in the body of Christ. Every single bit, every person has a part to play. Everybody's gifted. Everybody's empowered. Everybody's functioning. We're His family. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, sharing a father. With a, with, a, with a wonderful older brother in, older brother in Christ. Who is Christ? Yeah. <laughs> in Christ, Christ. With his, um, with his home. Ephesians tells us that the church is his dwelling, the place where he dwells by his spirit. Tells us the church should be charismatic. Charismatic is not like a, an option on the menu of types of churches. Charismatic is how the church is built. Amen. <laughs> And, and with his bride. All these, are in, all these metaphors are in the book of Ephesians. Folks, don't ever think any less or speak any less of the church. Keep a high vision of the church. Do yourself a favour and think very, very, very big. With his masterpiece. Created to be involved in outworking his master plan. We are here for the plan. We're created to fulfil the plan. And this verse in Ephesians 2 that we just, says, just read says that he has created us to do good works which he prepared in advance for us to do. Yes. We used to have some great friends, uh, an older couple that both died um, in the last 10 years. But they had the, they had, I, I would say they had the luxury of retirement. But their, their basic day, this is 10 minutes to Kent if you haven't met that, James would be uh, to wake up and sit together in bed and pray, what would you have us do today? <laughs> I'd, love to, I'd love that much space in my life. <laughs> but you know, every day, God, every, you, can, you can wake every day, and God has good works for you. Amen. Already kind of lined up for you. Pre 
predestined for you. God has good things for us to do. So we are here, his masterpiece, here to be part of his master plan. Yeah. Our lives have absolute meaning and purpose. Yeah. Turn with me now to Ephesians 3 and chapter, uh, chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. These concepts, this, this epistle being one of the last ones that Paul wrote to the churches, kind of contains his most mature revelation about the church. And um, it's often called the Queen of the Epistles. <laughs> the Queen of the Epistles, I like So Ephesians 3, verse 10, says this. Um, this is how, well, let me read from the NIV. His intent was that now, get ready for this verse, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. My version says, this is according to the purpose of the ages. We, we live in an age, a present age, I don't know how many previous ages there were, but, but it's saying there is a God had an eternal purpose. God planned something from eternity, which was to create his church and use his church to display his glory in the heavenly realms, to principalities and powers, angels, demons, everything in the heavenly realms can see the glory of God and manifest in his church. Can catch a glimpse of the wisdom of God. Can see the impact of the cross. Yeah. I mean, who, who, who would have planned for this room full of people to ever be together? <laughs> did any of you know anybody? Did anybody here know anybody else before you came to uni? No. God had a plan. Yes. Did any of you ever expect to meet me on the 22nd of October, 2022? Gosh, that's so no. But God had a plan. Amen. God's, God has a purpose. Yes. And the cross has saved every one of us yeah. in our different contexts and brought us together and created something magnificent, yeah. a masterpiece. And God uses this to display to them. I, I'd love to know. I, I, I'd love to um, I'd love to see what they see. Yeah. Yeah. As they as they look down the stairs. <laughs> You know, the, the first time in the Bible that any place or anything is called the house of God, which is kind of a description of the church, the first time you ever hear that phrase, the house of God, is in Genesis chapter 28, where Jacob has his dream, and there's a ladder, if you know the story, there's a ladder between heaven and earth, and angels are up and down the ladder. It tells us immediately that one of the fundamental characteristics of the church is a, is a, it is an interface between heaven and earth. Amen. An interface between angelic and human activity. That's the church. And some people turn up every week and sit in a pew and look at some, the back of somebody's head and listen to a lecture and say some ritual prayers and have no idea. This house of God 
is where angels are involved. Amen. It, the glory of the church is being displayed in the heavenly realms. God, um, God is it, it just touch on, just have a look at. We're going to go off piece a little bit here to chapter three, verse fifteen. If somebody would read, read this out, nice and loud. Ephesians three fifteen. This is this is a little glimmer into the wisdom of God in creating this church. So Ephesians three fifteen, back row on the right, ready to go. I think. What's your name? Leah. Leah. Thank you. Leah. From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Uh, oh, sorry. Did I say three fifteen? I meant two fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> 315 is also obviously very, very, very good. <laughs> Nothing to do with what I'm about to say. This is 215. By setting sight in his flesh, the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. One new humanity. When, when God saved people, it's talking a little bit specifically there about how you brought Jew and Gentile together. But it says he made one new humanity. Elsewhere, the Bible describes as being a new creation. Um, other, other, other words should say one new man. But the words there mean, uh, the word for new means something that's never been seen before. And the word for man or humanity is literally like a species. Uh, and I love this. The, the church is a brand new species. Amen. A, a new kind of human being. With their sins washed away, yeah. filled with His Spirit, a brand new kind of species, new creation, new humanity, one new man. The church is a new man, Amen. And, and it's this kind of thing that that the angelic beings, the principalities, powers look on us and just are in awe. Yeah. It's how amazing God is that He that He brought all these factions together and created something new. Amen. Incredible. Yeah. If turn with me now to Ephesians four. Chapter 10, verse 10. You can chart how close I am to the end because. <laughs> unless I go back to chapter 1. <laughs> We're more than halfway through. So, Ephesians 4, verse 10. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself, I'm moving on a bit here to the next couple of verses, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Again, if I transport myself back to being 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 even, I had no idea that the church was a work in progress, that we were going somewhere, that we were becoming something, that God was, God was maturing us. I just thought as long as I went once a week and did a bit of cleansing, 
said the right words at the right time and felt a bit better about myself. That was the point of it. And then you read a verse like this, or a passage like this, and you say, God has something so much more for the church. He descended, verse 10, the one who descended, the one, the one who came from heaven to earth, is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to what? Fill the whole universe. I don't know what your, you probably all have diff, come from different home churches, I don't know what your church vision statements are, but I can guarantee you they're way too small. <laughs> What's the plan? Well, we'd like to make an impact amongst the students in Lancaster. <laughs> too small. Come on now. We want, we'd like to um, be known all over Southport. Way too small. And, and the Northwest. Still too small. We'd like to have an impact in the UK. Way too small. We'd like to, we'd like to be part of what God's doing in the earth. Now that's pretty big. Still too small. Wow. Come on. Christ has ascended Amen. to fill the universe. Yeah. It's a cosmic plan. Yeah. And Paul in these few verses here, chapter 4, verses uh, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, something like that, he unfolds his revelation of how the church, how this masterpiece, how this creation, how this handiwork, how this poem will reach her fullness and her perfection. How she will play her part in this cosmic plan. And he tells us that Jesus, the one who descended to earth, has now ascended. And he goes on to say that from his throne, not only is he pouring out his spirit, but he's giving gifts to the church. I don't know how familiar you are with those five gifts. If you're part of this sad church, I think that whole month's been about these gifts, hasn't it? It's being about, it's being about these gifts. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. It is our absolute conviction <coughs> that all of those gifts are necessary today. Yeah. It's not just acceptable today, but necessary today. Real life apostles and prophets and evangelists would be okay with pastors and teachers because we, we know we need them. But we need all five of those gifts. Yes, they, and these gifts are gifts of Christ, from Christ to his church. Yeah. And he wants us to receive them and, and be built up by them, and come to maturity through them. These gifts are the antidote to denominationalism. Amen. It's nothing to do with denomination. It's, it's about the gifts Christ giving his church. Amen. And um, I just felt to say this to you, guys. Um, wherever you go after uni, whatever, whatever you end up being part of, don't ever let yourself be shortchanged on these things. Yeah. These are necessary and essential if the church is going to come to maturity. Amen. We don't just need them until then. We need them to get to that place. Yeah, that's really good. Until we reach maturity. They're Christ's gifts to his church. You might even say each of them is a little bit of Christ. Every time you meet an authentic pastor, an authentic, genuine teacher, a real-life apostle, a proven prophet, an anointed evangelist. Every time you meet one of those gifts, you are receiving a little bit more of Christ. Amen. Gifts of Christ. A portion of Christ 
given to his church. Amen? Amen. You know the, um, the word for sort of gift, grace gift, is charis. And it means to lean towards. To lean towards. That's one of the meanings. I love the idea that Jesus is leaning towards his church and giving us gifts. Ephesians 5, verse 10. You okay so far? We're coming to my dance in a moment. <laughs> Ephesians 5, 10. Here's, here's a... Instruction that helps us 
get better at being pleasing. Is that quite pleasing? Yeah. Yeah, good. Me too. Me too. I love that. And um, <laughs> God's purpose is not just that his church displays his glory in the heavenly realms. That's brilliant. God wants us to display his glory in Southport yeah. and Lancaster. And some, here are some Irish accents here tonight. <laughs> wherever you're from, God, wherever you go back to, God wants you to display his glory there, Amen. on earth, just as it is in heaven. And I guarantee you that if you will, um, if you will make it your aim to bring pleasure to him and to learn and to be shaped and to get up and to get up when you make a mistake and to brush it off and to forgive yourself as as fully as he forgives you. Mm-hmm. Often it's ourselves that find it so difficult to forgive ourselves. Mm-hmm. If you will make that your aim, you will become a source of light and life to many others. On your campus, in your flats, in your halls, back home, when you start work. This is where awesome doctrine must be translated into authentic demonstration. It's kind of like, if this is who we are, if we're his masterpiece, if we're part of his master plan, if he's using us to display his glory to the heavenly realms, then this is how we must walk. I looked up um, yesterday just to make sure I was properly prepared for you guys. The number of times um, that you find this this little phrase, walk walk worthy of the Lord. I found I found three or four Ephesians four one, Colossians one ten, one Thessalonians two four. Walk worthy of the Lord. You were bought at a price. You are so precious. Gold. (laughs) Did you just say that? Uh, Is your word? You are so precious. (laughs) Remember, that's the word of the Lord to you tonight, Lord. Seriously. That is the word of the Lord to you, Gold, tonight. You are so precious. And we're all precious. But especially gold. <laughs> Unless anybody's here called platinum. <laughs> Are there any platinums in the room? <laughs> um, yeah, is there anybody here called Jennifer? My best friend is called Jenna. Jenna. Okay, no. We're so precious. And we were bought at a price. And we were pray for Jenna in the room. But she's not Jennifer, so it doesn't count. <laughs> Sorry? Her full name is Jennifer. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Is she is she okay? Um, she's going to the Yeah, I had a dream about her last night, and the Lord told me to pray for Jenna. Okay. When you said Jenna, I thought it was a totally different person. Absolutely. I don't know what the situation is, but let's just pray. Lord Jesus, we pray for Jennifer. Jenna, going through a rough patch right now. We pray that Martha will be a tremendous blessing to her. Would you use Martha to bless Jennifer, to bring wisdom, to bring counsel, to offer hope, encouragement, strength, whatever's needed right now. We we lift this girl before you, Jennifer. We thank you for your wonderful um, predestination and planning that our lives intersect in this way. And so we lift her before you, Lord, and just believe for, for a great breakthrough in your life. Yes. Amen. Amen.
there was a time at uni where I, um, oh, before I was born again, I found myself in a situation where I just knew I have to make a decision about the direction of my life right now. And I literally ran from where I was back to my hall of residence. And uh, later I learned the story of Joseph running away from Potiphar's path. I remember running as fast as I could to get away from the situation. But if I hang around here, the whole course of my life could turn. Before I met Deborah. And gosh, I'm so glad I did that. And I was just thinking about that as I prepared for this, just to say to you all um, know who you are, know why you're here, don't sacrifice your identity. Don't sell your soul. Know his grace and be strong. Be strong. Which leads me to Ephesians 6, verse 10. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, it's great when preachers are there, isn't it? <laughs> unless, unless it's Paul, then he writes another two or three chapters. <laughs> Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. We are his masterpiece and we're here for his master plan. And he's not left us ill-equipped or unarmed. There is no problem with our supply line. We have brothers and sisters around us. That's, that's really good. We're in an army together. And, we, and we're fellow soldiers. And we have powerful weapons. Kathy, you, you should... Sorry about this. But as you speak in tongues more and more and more, you're going to find tremendous weaponry at your disposal. I, I believe the gift of tongues has, has two uses. One is in a gathering when, when there's a tongue within interpretation that comes, God comes to speak to his church. But Paul, as well as giving instructions about it, he says, I'm so glad I speak in tongues more than any of you. <laughs> he also wrote more scriptures than anybody. Maybe there's a link between tongue speaking and revelation. So, um, so I just really encourage you in that, Kathy. And anybody else who may apply, just you know, use use these gifts, these weapons, these 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 this armor for our warfare. Use it abundantly and stand strong. And um, Jesus said he would build his church, and he said the gates of hell will never overcome us. You and I are on the winning side. Amen. Yeah. The death can't overcome. The gates of hell can't overcome. This church he's building is, is colossally strong, hand-created, hand-written, a poem of God that's part of his plan to restore, to unite everything in Christ. Here to confront evil, be part of evicting this squatter, of seeing the church built up and united and mature, Establishing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, living holy, worthy lives, displaying his glory into the heavens and into the streets 
around where we live. So I want to encourage you as I finish, as I do genuinely finish, <laughs> in the next half an hour, <laughs> to be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. I said at the beginning, I, I, I wish when I was your age, I'd known what you knew. That's not a regret. It's just a reflection. I wish I'd known people like you. If I'd known people like you when I was your age, I'd, my life would have been very different. Be super conscious of who you are, of what you represent, of the potential in this room. Yes. When you go back to your different places, of just realizing what God is doing amongst you. Um, and I just want to say, in finishing, <laughs> in a minute, <laughs> um, God has a plan and a purpose. Yes. Yes. My question to you is, does his plan and purpose have you? Has his plan gripped you? I said at the beginning that when I started to see these things, it, it gripped me. And um, I had lots of opportunities to do other things in my career before I was in ministry. But God had gripped my life. I, I, I had the opportunity to earn lots of money, but God had gripped my life. I had the opportunity to have a sort of part time faith, but God had gripped my life. And that's my appeal to you. You know, God, God has a plan and purpose. Does the plan have you? Yeah. And I want to pray for us tonight that you will embrace the master plan, read more, discover more, and fall in love with the masterpiece mm -hmm. in the church. And let them both grip you. Amen. Amen. I really appreciate being able to share with you guys. And um, let me just say, as we just pray together, if, um, if you'd like to respond to what I've been saying, I realise it's just been a testimony. Harry sets it a difficult brief. <laughs> Talk about the church. We do that a whole lot. <laughs> but um, if, if you're gripped, not just because of tonight, but if, if, if you are gripped with his plan, his purpose, and your part in it, then um, why don't you just stand and with me? I want to pray for you. Lord, have a look, because we're all on our feet to declare that you have us, Lord. Yes. We are yours. Yes. Like Paul says, he lays, hold, he, he, he lays hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of him. My prayer tonight for Kathy, for Leah, for Gold, for everybody in this room, for Harry, for James and Hannah, Lord, for all of us, for Deborah and myself, I want to pray, Lord, that you will lay hold of our lives. Touch us this evening. Grasp us. Grip us. Lord, hold us so tight. And reveal so much of your plan and purpose. 
Lord, that our lives are ruined. Our lives are committed to you. Lord, we know we'll never lose out by giving you our all. Word says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. So lift our hands, Lord, this evening just to say this. We're seeking first your kingdom. We're asking you to take hold of our lives. And we take hold of you all tonight. Amen. 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 We pray for Jennifer again. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord, for your gifts. Opening up the way for that young girl to come through her presence in church. Amen. Amen.